Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're going to find out what you guys are saying about Guardians of the Galaxy. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Ashley, how's it going, <laughs> Matthew, my friend? I'm fabulous. How are you? Oh, you know, you know. I stressed out. Stressed, stressed out. <laughs> very stressed out. Uh, I it, It's still looking like I'm buying a house this week. I'm so excited for you. I'm very excited, but I'm very, it's like the most exciting thing. It feels like such a big Stressful. deal. But it, that, that huge change. And then the fact that it might or might not happen still, it's like we're still got like a last inspection thing to do. And like, it's like just teetering on this edge of like, oh, it could fall. It could maybe, maybe it falls. Yes. Maybe it falls. No. And it just, and it's such a big difference for the rest of my life. It's just such a huge thing. <laughs> you're like this. <sighs> you're like when there's only two contestants left on a reality show and you, it, you just don't know which way it's going to yeah. go. That stress mm -hmm. that I might have a million dollars or that asshole might have a million dollars. There's <laughs> nothing I can do about it. And it's just like, it, it's a different kind of stress that like, I only got to do half of it. So I only know half of, what it feels like to go through what you're going mm -hmm. through. And like I, like I told you, I was pacing around my house at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Ken's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I could sleep anymore. It's scary. Yeah. But everything, change is scary. And, uh, it really is. really is. I could fortune cookie you now, but it's nothing you haven't heard. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's all just, <laughs> it's just. When you get stuff. in there, it's going to be so awesome. And if they don't give it to you, we'll go burn their house. <laughs> Shh, we're on a I podcast. I mean, marker. marker. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, how are you feeling about Guardians, man? Guardians 3. How are you feeling about it now that you've had a few days? I'm still good. With, I'm still really good with it. Yeah. Um, more people who have seen it over the last couple of days who keep reaching out to me all have equally loved it. People who who like started i have friends who like guardians is the only thing they like because they don't really care for marvel but they like guardians because that's that kind of humor they like james gunn they like movies like that and um you know a lot of people are saying they like this better than two yeah so it's i'm like yes i everybody everybody's mostly on the same page yeah i don't know that i i haven't fully decided if I, which one i like better and i I just I think I need to see three again. I love to. I love, I two, love as well. two so much, and a lot of people don't because yeah. they think it's too jokey or kitty. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know why everything hits. Every when I watch it again, I'm like, what are people talking about? This is so funny. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know. Maybe that movie turns me into you know a twelve year old, <laughs> and that is rare. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We just did the commentary track on it, and I just like laughed and laughed and laughed. I really loved it. Laughed and um, laughed, and then it gets very intense. Yeah, for sure. Oh man. So yeah, I, I love I love the second one and the fir and the third one, and I just I need to see the third one again. I still feel like I don't know something about it. It, it didn't do what I was expecting, and I'm still sort of processing what it did. Um, and I still I still don't have anything like majorly like life changing to say about it or whatever. I just I'm kind of like <laughs> in this, but I'm excited today because now we're going to turn to the listeners and see what they're saying about mm -hmm. it, and uh, maybe that'll give me some give me some insights. Give me some insights, guys. Yeah, I'm such a sucker for action stuff. Like always on Star Wars, everyone's like story plot and this. I'm like that was really cool. But when those destroyers came in with their and then there was lightsabers and blah blah blah. <laughs> so the things that are standing out to me in this is how well some of the action scenes were done. So I might be a little bit more partial to be like I think that this had some of the best Marvel stuff that we've seen in a while. But I mean, mm. like down to earth raccoons going through the air, slow motion. We love a hallway yeah. scene, hallway fight. 
They know how to, like, it's almost pandering. How dare you pander to me, James Gunn? But you know I love it. Yeah, we didn't really, like, call it out specifically when we talked about the hallway fight. But, like, clearly a Daredevil reference, right? It's a oneer, and they, right. like, they could have put that fight anywhere, but they made it a hallway, and I feel like that was a deliberate reference to Daredevil. Yeah, even if it's not, I'm gonna think that it yeah. is. Yeah, and it's like doing the Daredevil thing, like, but on such a grand scale with so much money and so much... We can create our own Easter eggs. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I think we ha- <laughs> even have some listeners that might have done some of that uh, in- today. So let's, little- oh, let's see. We got... um. Uh, let's get to the patrons uh, here first. Uh, we got a few patrons who wrote in. Up uh, first, we have Andre Sparks saying, Hey, Matt, Jeff, and Ashley, what do you guys think will happen to Peter now? Maybe he meets up with Fury and works at Sword slash Saber, and then he trains Nova? Thoughts? Secondly, I think James Gunn did pretty good with his themes. I watched on the Twitch stream, and I do have to agree, Rocket's I'm a Guardian of the Galaxy line was weird, but Gamora just stabbed High Evolutionary, so was basically dead anyway. Matt said they killed all the people to get to the High Evolutionary, but to be fair, the army in the hallway was sent to kill them all, so they were defending themselves. At the end of the movie, uh, those things were attacking the villagers and them, so they were not there to talk to them. Uh, they were a threat. This is one of those emails where it's like they're listening to us talk and commenting as we go. And I'm, I get it. I think I remember. Yeah, no, no. It's, 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 he's just talking about the fact that, like, they didn't kill. Like, I was annoyed they didn't kill the High Evolutionary on screen. Oh, okay. Okay. A lot of people have said this. That they were like, and I haven't finished that paragraph, but a lot of people have said this, that, like, they were, you know, being defensive and they're not going to just kill someone in cold blood or whatever. I get it. I get right. that as a superhero yeah. rule, but like, man, <laughs> when you've got, um, they're, 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 they're superheroes. Yes. And maybe rocket as the new captain has to be a little bit of a moral center for them, but they're also a bunch of criminals who don't have a good moral compass. It's like, that's one of the points of this team. Um, at the end of the first m- movie, Drax is like, "What if I? What if someone is annoying me and I rip their skull, their spine out?" And, and he's like, <laughs> "That's called murder. It's one of the worst things you can do." <laughs> um, so, so like, I don't know. The, I just wish that like Nebula, who's you know the newest to the hero game, had just like, "Well, we're not leaving him alive." You know what I mean? Like th- this guy just blew up a planet yeah. and like needs to die. Like he he is capable of way too much damage and still intent on doing way so way too much damage. So like he deserves it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like no, I agree a hundred percent. No, I'm still on your side. Okay, but uh, continuing on Andre's feedback here. Uh, if they were capable of peaceful talks, I'm sure they would have tried that first. Uh, so I'm okay with the ending because they were there to protect. I'm sure if the creepy things surrender uh, to leave, then the new guardians wouldn't kill them all. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, like I said, I agree. I, I think they they definitely like could have. Uh, made peace or whatever they would have, but yeah, like, the guardians don't usually come in guns ablaze and shooting everybody. Right. The, you know, they they try to find alternative yeah. ways to deal with it. To me, it's just the old Joker Batman rule. Like, I get it. Batman never kills him because he thinks that like he's gonna lose a piece of himself or it'll corrupt him or he'll be as bad as the Joker. But dude, 
Batman's like, he's not dead. He's just <laughs> <laughs> I didn't kill that guy when I threw him out of a 20-story yeah. building. Have you he's seen, are you, ta- are you referencing the Batman videos? Pete Holmes. Pete the Holmes, Pete Holmes. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, 100%. You actually do it better <laughs> if you I don't, Yeah, he's, literally, he's just like, um, he's, what? He's sleeping. <laughs> I'm not, I didn't kill him. He's just <laughs> sleeping. Uh, Batman, but you shot him with that what? gun. <laughs> he's just Make them very sleepy. <laughs> it's really guns. good. It's really good. This is a pinata. <laughs> yeah, like, doesn't, doesn't admit it's a gun. It's so good. Um, yeah, those are Pete, Pete Holmes did a okay. series of sketches a few years ago. If you haven't seen them, they're this so are Pete, Pete Holmes Batman. I think they're called Batman, and it's just like pouring I love out flaws the, the, in Batman. The Batman Superman one, and he was like making. He just is relentlessly making fun of the fact that Superman's parents were dead. <laughs> And Superman was like, well, your parents are dead, too. He was like, oh, I was just a boy, <laughs> and now I'm a bat. I still think about that every couple you know, yeah, days. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really good. I think I, I like I'm Pete doing... Holmes like as a comedian, as a stand-up, but that's some of the- f- Me, too. I watched his oh, show yeah, me too. on HBO. Me too. He's good, too. Uh, and his late-night show when he was on a, after Conan. And I used to listen to his podcast um, for a, a lot. Uh, but, like, yeah, I- they're too yeah, they, long. They're, yeah, that's the kind of podcast I used to like a lot, um, but now I, I can't. Like, I just can't. I don't have time. Like, it used to be I was looking for podcasts to fill the large emptiness of time. Like when I had a lot going. Yeah. When I, like when I was doing jobs where like I could listen to stuff, and now that I can't listen to stuff while I'm working because I'm podcasting or singing, like you can't really listen to stuff <laughs> during that. Like I just yeah. don't. Uh, no, I hear I don't, you. I don't listen to long things anymore like that. Um, okay, sorry. I'm getting back over here to sorry. Andre Sparks. Uh, he says, lastly, the movie's themes were very powerful. Uh, he says, number one, broken people can change and lead productive lives. Number two, all people have a purpose. And number three, all life is important, whether it is sentient or not. Protect life unless it's trying to ruthlessly kill you. <laughs> keep up the great work andre thanks andre, Thank you, andre. um yeah i like i like that i like yeah. that rule and that's the thing that's i guess like that's the thing is i still think that uh that that rule all, <laughs> all life's important protect life uh unless it's trying to ruthlessly kill you like i'm sorry but the high evolutionary still falls in that category for me <laughs> i Within 15 minutes, I kept going back and forth between Katie and Ken going, I cannot wait till he dies. I cannot wait till he dies. So I do feel like a little... They Did they kill him? They didn't no, kill well, him? No, well, they they right? leave him... I'm so sorry, I can't remember. No, it's I fine. Should they be leave fired. him on the ground <laughs> with his face torn off, and he's stabbed, and his face is gone. Uh, and the planet it, Well, yeah, his, not the planet, but his little ship. But he's the high evolutionary. Okay. He had all that gravity power. Like, I, Also, that's the other thing. What did Quill do? To turn his gravity off. I it happened too fast. I missed it. Quill does wasn't it his old fashioned like his things that he would throw to suck them down onto the ground? Maybe. Did I make that up? Maybe. maybe. Uh, <laughs> I, f- I f- it looked like he was about to do the. He does the thing where he throws him using the gravity powers, that little purple wiggly woos, and he's like throwing him with the gravity powers. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna call them wishy wishies because they're more like they're more waves than wishy wishies. Um, <laughs> It's very Firefly. Ooh, that's as wishy washies. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my washy. mistake. Um, <laughs> Those are my favorite. <laughs> um, but no, these, these purple waves that he's sending out and like throwing 
uh, Rocket around, and then Rocket does something, and it looked like the kind of thing you do in a movie where you've been seeing him preparing for it, and he does something clever, and you're like, oh, that's why he did that earlier. He grabbed the thing to reverse the polarity of the thing. But I couldn't tell what happened. It happened so fast. So if somebody else saw what happened there. Mm. Yeah, let's write it and let's Because he does know. something to deactivate his device. And it's so fast that I missed it when I was watching. Yeah, I think I missed it too. Womp womp. <laughs> I'm the worst. Well, there's something to be said that just Rocket's so good at tech that I like let it slide. I was like, well, he did something. I trust that Rocket figured something out. Let me tell you. My favorite part of Guardians is watching that raccoon absolutely beat this shit out of people. <laughs> that tiny he yeah. uh, Rocket's my favorite. Dude, he's the just my fir- favorite. the second one where he like the second shows one his, shows like, his powers in the forest. Like he, you he in the first one he's good, but he's mostly just using guns. That second one him yeah. him being all Rambo and just taking out a whole platoon. I loved it. And then the the two of them are like now without your little tricks, what are you going to do? And he's still Yeah. Knock he them jumps out. up and starts punching the guy in the face <laughs> pop, over and over. Pop, 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 pop. I'm like, that's that Philly energy. Let's do it. <laughs> that raccoon and Bradley Cooper are from Philadelphia. So that is that Philly that's energy. That's right. That's right. That's why when he put his hand in there, that little Philadelphia raccoon did not back away because we are not scared. <laughs> raccoons are not afraid. Yeah, yeah Philly <laughs> raccoons. Got to watch out for them. Uh, up next, another one of our patrons, Chris Metzloff, says, Happy feedback episode, a-holes. <laughs> <laughs> Great opening line. Um, let's see. My opening night viewing of Guardians 3 was less than ideal, and it made me wonder what other undesirable circumstances y'all have endured during a Marvel movie-going experience. I know. You- oh, so he's saying like the actual theater experience is bad. Not yeah, the yeah, film. I think so. And I, I know you had okay. a terrible one last time, right? And it was close yeah, this time. Yeah. We'll yeah. get into it. Uh, he continues I'm at my usual Thursday night showing, and after about an hour, right after Gamora says to Rocket, he must be really, a really good pet. And as Quill is driving with Nebula and Groot, uh, the whole place loses power. Oh, Everything no. goes blank. Every projector for every screen at this place is dead. Uh, the audio came back after 30, 30 seconds, but kept playing under a black screen. Oof, that's terrible. Oh, uh, I would have yeah, run me out. Too. Not wanting to watch audio and get spoiled, uh, I got out of the... Cons- I got out to the concession to watch the minimal staff on hand offer explanations and refunds. Boo. Uh, the oh, options no. were to wait and hope they rewind to where it cut out or come back the next day. After 20 minutes, I take my refund ticket and head home. I was pretty frustrated and couldn't emotionally reset after that forced intermission. If this had happened during Quantumania, okay, whatever. But <laughs> Guardians? Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. So, what have been some of the worst opening night experiences? I assume Ashley being forced to watch on uh, Peasant Vision is clearly the most egregious. <laughs> well, funny you bring that up. So, my comments about how I felt about what happened at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy got flagged on Facebook as like a hate crime. <laughs> And removed off my own page. It's almost like Facebook was sensing your emotions through your phone. Like What I exactly said very loudly for everyone in the theater to hear. So we get in there. 
We went in right at three o'clock because I knew there was going to be so many trailers, whatever. We were leaving work. We got there. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Katie is like, hey, it's 3.15. And I was like, what do you mean? Wait a minute. We've had, you know, some time to sit. The bl- it's all blank. 25 minutes go by. Finally, a hero gets up and goes, I'm going to see what's going on. And I was like, listen, I was really calm during Ant-Man and the Wasp. If they try to do this with Guardians, I'm going to burn this place to the ground. (laughs) And like 25 people laughed. And I was like, oh, you all were there? All of you? Like, I I started holding court. I was like, how many of you had to go see it a different day? And like, how many of you waited and saw it in standard? I was like, yeah, I saw it like a peasant in standard (laughs) because I had to go do a podcast. (laughs) And then this... Oh, my God. But then they started it right away. No trailers, no nothing. They just went right into the Marvel logo screen. And we were all just like, oh, everybody mm-hmm. ran back to their seats because then they turned the lights because we were like all talking at this point. So ours started like 30 minutes yeah. late. I know I know, uh, I know. we talked about it last time, but yeah, I had the same. Or, well, the, the thing that happened with us is I forgot. I told I told y'all this on, on the other cast. So I'm reiterating it. But I've, so many of us forgot our 3D glasses that like the three. Oh, no. like, I guess the guy just wasn't handing them out properly or something. So like. When the when the when the thing said put on your 3D glasses and it started playing like a Mario trailer or something like <laughs> like 20 people left the theater to go get their 3D glasses including myself I'd be like everybody grab me one <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought about it I was like hey man, get me one yeah um, but no it's, it's just silly just really silly that that many people didn't get their glasses it seems like on the page a lot of people have been saying that all of their theaters were kind of having problems that sucks and I mean like. <sighs> Theaters have had a rough few years. Like, pandemic shut a lot of things down, and they like have had rough. Maybe the maintenance hasn't been done as well. But like, they got to get that back back in good shape. Yeah, come at me, be like, oh, our HVAC's working. I was like, I'll sit in here in my bra, put that <laughs> goddamn movie on. Nobody cares about how cold it is in here. Any other any other terrible m- movie going experiences? I, I don't know if uh, Marvel or otherwise. I guess. When I went and saw, uh, it was actually hysterical. The James Bond movie, uh, I, I, the one where they're all in the snow at the end. Is it Quantum of Solace? Mm, it's a very no, snowy Quantum place. Quantum of Solace is like desert at the end. Okay, whatever one is with the snow. The HVAC broke in the theater and it was like 50, it, it started to go down to like 42 degrees. We were almost to the end of the movie. We we're all in our coats. I was like, it is really cold. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it broke. <laughs> But they came down and, I, and we looked at the thing. We're like, how, how cold is it in there? They're like, oh, it's like 41, 42 degrees. Oh, my God. I was in there shaking. I was like, what is going on? I have to see what happens with James Bond. I'm going to stay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was weird. That's nuts. That's really nuts. Man, I guess I can't really think. I just have the worst memory. I know I've had some bad theater experiences. One of the, <laughs> one of the it was bad, but it was kind of perfect. I think I've t- may have told this on the st- story on the cast before, but like when we went to see um, Jurassic Park when we were kids, there was a terrible storm in the in, the, oh, in the outside. Yeah. And you know the scariest part of that movie is when the storm is happening and there's like the velociraptors <laughs> and like the dinosaurs, the little spitters and everything. And it's just like, <laughs> oh man! And and so this terrible storm. And, but we can't tell the difference between the storm on screen and the storm out that's actually outside. And then in the middle of the movie, I guess enough water attributed, uh, like, uh, 
combined in the ceiling and one of the tiles fell out of the ceiling. Are you kidding me? No, and landed on someone like three rows back behind us. So we just, we're like all freaked out. Dinosaurs, we're little kids. You're like, and clever suddenly, girl, run for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> suddenly this like They're in here. terrible <laughs> crash happens. It's like, <laughs> like right behind us and like we all jumped out of our skin. No. I was maybe a Karen once. I was maybe a Karen once. Because well, the problem is I went to so many IMAX movies in a row. Mm-hmm. I went and I remember we saw we we saw Dark Phoenix at like three o'clock in the afternoon. It was us and one other person in the movie theater, and it was just standard. And like fifteen minutes, and I'm like, I need to turn this up. Like it is quiet mm. in here. I can hardly hear this movie. I went out. I was like, excuse me. Is this turned all the way up? <laughs> like, I was just like, it's really, no, I was cool about it. I was like, hey, it's so quiet. Like, usually, you know, you can hear, you can feel the bangs and stuff. And mm-hmm. the, it was just, it was a non-IMAX. And that's when I realized, I was like, oh, I have a standard that yeah. I cannot go below anymore. Because <laughs> I didn't realize what and regular movies were like, because I've gone to so many IMAX movies. It's not even a quality standard. You just need the volume really high. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't mean to everybody. I actually just looked stupid. I was like, it's really it's just like quiet in there. They're like, oh, oh, we'll check it out. They were like, the fuck out of here. I was like, nope, okay, that's, that's the normal And just sound. on my way to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> like, you didn't pay the extra money, stupid. And I was like, it's Dark Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But then I wish I saw that in IMAX because the soundtrack. Hans Zimmer movie, mm. not the best soundtrack. So much better than that movie deserved. <laughs> so much better. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, I wonder what the like greatest differential between movie and soundtrack is. Mm, that one. <laughs> mm, maybe, I, maybe. Yeah. Write in, listeners, if you have. One. <laughs> yeah, if you have a good idea, of, like really great soundtrack, really terrible movie, really terrible movie. There's like a lot of like actually, if you start to think about it, like there's a lot of horror movies probably. Oh yeah, probably so. <laughs> it's hard to do the opposite. Like a movie is it's hard for a movie to be good if the soundtrack is terrible. But it's yeah, really and, easy. and we're not asking for a, a soundtrack that made a bad movie awesome because that's also a thing. Yeah, oh, it has yeah. to be a very di- like very like a great terrible soundtrack, experience. terrible movie, terrible movie. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a fun question. Um, <laughs> over on Multiverse News, we 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 we're, we're hosted on Spotify right now. Um, I don't know if we're going to stay. We're, we're sort of working it out. But one of the cool things that we're able to do is ask a question every week. Like, and it pops up we on Spotify. We can do Spotify. that too. I think it's all of our podcasts. Can we do it on, just on Spotify or? Yeah, because somebody answered one of mine. I was like, I did not set that up. But they did say, they were like, really love this episode. And I went to my thing to see. And underneath it, it says Q&A. And there was a question there. It says did you enjoy this episode? Okay. So you can turn it on or off maybe, or do whatever you want to do. Maybe even if we're not hosted there, we can still go to Spotify and add a question. It's neat though. Like yeah. when you're on the, uh, when you're on the app and Spotify, it just like pops up a little question. So we'd have been doing polls every week. It's where lyrics would be. Oh, that's cool. The music. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know that until we started hosting one show, the multiverse news over there. So every week we ask some question. It's just kind of nice to get this weird, like feedback from the, Oh like, yeah, that's a like good idea. A, Maybe we'll start doing like, that too. Do you think this or this, and then we get a little bit of a, a feedback thing? That's a good cool. idea. Um, okay. Up next, another one of our patrons, Walter Kreisky the Third, says, "I'm curious if anyone else thought this in the Suicide Squad. One of one of the two main rats in uh, the other was Jaws uh, was named Crisp Rat." <laughs> Uh, because he wanted to find a way for crisp 
Pratt to be in the movie. Get it? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, the creature Quill kicks and uses as a mic in Volume 1, and Baby Groot chases in the opening of Volume 2. Uh, I've done a couple searches with a few different combos of keywords, and with the new release, a lot of Volume 3 articles are defaulting and I can't find what they're called. Oh, he just oh. wants to know what those... Oh, they were eating them in this one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're eating them a lot yeah. in this one. Um, but they look like rats, They look like saying. some kind. They look like rats from Planet Zerg Rat or whatever. Like, they don't yeah. look like a... Yeah. yeah they yeah, are kind of sure. ratty. It's like rat possum. Yeah, like rat possum lizard. Like, they definitely have a reptile feel to them, too. Um, he says... And through the movie, uh, number three, everyone was eating them fried and crispy. Sorry. Uh, nice little crisp <laughs> rat dinners. Uh, okay. Sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> we got there first, then, too. <laughs> no problem. We got there. We, yeah, We're we got all there. on the same page. <laughs> um, and then uh, here, th this is what the, the part that I liked most about his feedback right here. He says, uh, <laughs> also... I can't be the only one who got creation of Adam feels from the scene where Warlock and Peter touch fingers before he saved Quill. Yes, of course. I thought that was really clever. We I hadn't racked up. Oh, you didn't th yeah. when they no, touched I didn't catch fingers that at all. It even showed them in the same exact body, you know, bodies so out to the left or the right with their fingers yeah. touching. Yeah, we and it's Adam and Star it. Lord. Yeah, <laughs> it's a totally, totally a great joke, but I did not catch it or like it just didn't maybe it just didn't see the parallel for whatever reason but it was, as soon as you said it i was like oh yeah that's that's great and it's the creation of adam i guess like kind of alluding to the fact that like adam seeing his sacrifice is sort of the creation of his character you know what i mean like yeah he's, he's making a choice to do a good thing in this moment where he's watching star lord sacrifice himself i thought that was kind of a cool uh cool parallel me the too. creation of Adam. Yeah, when you watch it next time, you'll totally be like, Ugh. "Oh, for sure!" Because there's like clouds in the back. It, it looks exactly like it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! See, I can't wait to see the movie again. I feel like there's so many things in there. <laughs> Did I tell you what Ken said about Adam Warlock, the guy being casted? What's he was that? like, "I was confused about him being casted," but then when I watched the movie, I was like, "Oh, it's because he's an idiot." <laughs> yeah, no, you said that. Yeah, you said that on the first cast. That was good. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> Definitely true. Oh. No, I just can't wait to see this again. I, th I think this week with just the house purchase and everything, I haven't been able to pull myself away to go see this again. And I really, it's really hard want to get to. to the movies, especially for th two and a half plus trailers. If you went to not yeah. my show, three hours. I want, I want theaters to continue doing well. So, like, I am, I'm all about like the movies being in theaters. I love going to theaters. I'm like, what if we do it a month? So you put the movie in, you take them out within two weeks anyway. And put right. that on within three weeks to four weeks. The second it's out of the movie theater, why aren't you trying to make money on the platforms? I don't understand it. Yeah. Or like, I wish I wish there was something where it could be like, if you've seen it in theaters, you, get you a have voucher? access to it on your phone. <laughs> like a something. digital yeah, copy? <laughs> like, yeah, like a digital copy right away. Like, you, But you have to go to the theaters, yeah. and maybe you have to only do it on your phone because it's like, you don't want them to, like, people have viewing parties I would have or a, something. Yeah, that's true. But like, man. Oh, just I know. Like, the ability to watch it at home, like I want to, like I want, I want to go freeze frame that and compare it to the creation of Adam, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't, I can't. It's in the theater. Yeah, forty okay. days. <laughs> forty days. See, that's some, something biblical there and too. Forty nights. Right there with the Israelites. What's that song? Oh, I don't know that one. Zombies. Uh, the Hooters, I think. Mm. All you zombies by the Hooters. Look it up. All you zombies by the Hooters. 
Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know the the band or the song. Really, they sang that song and we dance like the waves of an ocean romance. We are lions in love and we dance. Bum bum. Nope. Okay. Um, are you, I don't have it. <laughs> nope. No, no, that's really okay. I'm gonna send them to you after this. Yeah, yeah, do it. I bet Don Kreese knows who it is. I see you, Don Kreese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's he's a music guy. I'm a music guy, but I'm like don't have nearly the uh Eric Bazilian is the lead singer of that band and that was who my mom my mom told me my dad was either Kiefer Sutherland or Eric Brazilian. And I remember I showed I, there's a picture of me and Eric Bazilian together, the lead singer of the Hooters, because she was a groupie for them for a little while. Mm-hmm. My mom. And uh I look very much like him. <laughs> okay. So so like is that you I told him too, like a drunk idiot. I was like, what my a, mom said that you might be my dad. And he was, he was, he was cool about it. We laughed. We took a picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I totally see the resemblance. <laughs> Did you look it up? <laughs> yeah. I looked up the Hooters lead singer. Yeah. There's, we have very, I'll show, I'll send you the picture of me and him. Cause when we're both drunk, same, we look exactly the same red yeah, nose. <laughs> that, that's really funny. Yeah. That's really but I'd funny. like to like, I don't want it to be Keith or Sutherland cause I'm so attracted to him, but that's a whole like, <laughs> You know, talk about daddy issues, right? I don't know what to do, <laughs> and I know it's neither of them, please. But I'd like, yeah. in, like, I always call Kiefer Sutherland daddy. I'm like, look, daddy has a new movie or TV show out, like, it's a joke between me and Ken, and like yeah. Donald Sutherland's grandpa, like, it's very, yeah, funny. of course, <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. Okay, up next, we have Todd Fitzhugh, uh, our buddy, uh, who, who normally sends in the voicemails there, uh, says, Wow. How amazing was that? Uh, it felt like a proper celebration of all the reasons why we love the Guardians. The tone of the film was brilliant. The writing was amazing. And I know we shouldn't be surprised by the soundtrack yet again was spot on. <laughs> Some of the songs they chose really took the scenes to another level. I thought they got a mixture of emotions and humor perfectly balanced. I went from tears and of utter sadness when I thought Rocket had genuinely died to belly laughing at all of Drax's one-liners. Speaking of Drax, another scene that had me in my feels was when Nebula was being horrible to Drax, but then Mantis stepped up and was saying how great the Guardians think he is. Then she called him dumb, he got upset, she wiped his memory, and he repeated the fact it was lucky he's so strong that he could break that door down. I thought Adam Warlock... uh, Warlock? I thought Adam Warlock had a great debut appearance in the MCU. You could tell he was super powerful, but also had a vulnerability about him. Will Poulter played him brilliantly, and I can't wait to see him again. The High Evolutionary was a worthy villain, I thought, and he was definitely giving off red skull vibes uh when his mask eventually came off more deserved red skull vibes mm-hmm. rip, oh, mm-hmm. rip his face off Whoa. i love the alternate earth and the characters that live there the halfway fights the hallway fight scene was amazing it felt like drax the destroyer was back <laughs> yeah it did and in a way i'm glad that gamora and quill uh, 
<laughs> you did a great job there. <laughs> I did. I did. I did a great job trying to like fix his typo, and then I realized it was a joke. He said Gamora and Quinn uh, didn't get back together. Uh, it wouldn't have felt genuine, so I'm glad they made the decision to let her go back to being a Ravenger. Ravenger? See, that was actually... That's a typo, I think, and, and I could have fixed it, but I... Is it Ravager? Ravager. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, finishing his thoughts here. Uh, after all the disappointing around Ant-Man 3, it's been nice to hear such unanimous praise about this film, and I can't wait to go again. Take care, legends. Todd. <laughs> P.S. Uh, so are we having a Star-Lord solo movie? Yeah. And what about the new crop of Guardians? How hence was Groot in that mid-credit scene? How hence intense maybe was or how immense maybe? What happened what in means. the mid? Oh, it was them running. It was when he was huge. He was oh, like they yeah. think, you think he's they're like sitting on a rock, and then he stands up, and it's a Groot. It's just a humongous <laughs> Groot, and he's not even in full kaiju mode. Uh, this PPS. Uh, PPPS, <laughs> this film makes me even more upset we've lost James Gunn to DC. It's not a loss, it's a gain. I think you're right in in the in, in, in like global sense. I think I think you're right. But it is a loss to the MCU. Yeah. And I am really bummed about it because well, two things. You know, he's talking about how like after Ant-Man 3 and the sort of bad reception it got, um that this one's been so unanimously good, and that's great. But this is the most ending-like thing we've ever gotten from any MCU solo yeah. film. You know, and by solo film, I mean you know a single property, not a Avengers movie. Like, I don't know. This no, no other uh, movie has ever ended so sort of felt so final. Even though it, it set up the new Guardians and it set up Peter Quill at home and it left all of our characters alive, it felt like an ending. And having James Gunn leave, it just feels like a lot of people might be like, oh, well, that was the Guardian series. Mm -hmm. And next time they try to bring it back, there's just going to be questions of like, mm, are they really the Guardians? You know, like it's not James Gunn anymore. It's also the problem we're having with all new Avengers and all new For things. Sure. It's, yeah, it's passing the torch and it's sad to see it go, but it's like the actors are tired. I know uh, as for having a Star-Lord solar movie, like Maybe not for a while, because I think Chris Pratt said he's kind yeah. of done. Normally when they say whoever will return, like that's something in the movie with, that means they've got a plan. But will it be Chris Pratt? Oh, I think so. Okay. I don't know. I think so. I mean, I, you, what do well, you think? Well, I thought he said he was kind of done with it for a while, but they all kind of said I don't, that. I don't remember. They all, yeah, they all kind of go back and forth. A lot of times, that means just means their contracts up and they're trying to get more money. And so then I never he was, know yeah, they showed him a number, and he was like, "Okay, let me just slide that number yeah. over here." <laughs> exactly. The contracts, well, the maybe, contracts up. So he says he, I don't really want to do it. Even if he wants to do it, he doesn't want them to know he yeah. wants to do it. Maybe we'll finally get you a know. Star Lord Kitty Pride movie. Oh, that would be that would be really fun. I, I just think this was their way of uh, putting Peter Quill as his own character they've passed the torch of the guardians on you know in the in the comics the guardians are always a different group a lot, and star yeah. star lord is not always in it and i have a feeling this is them taking star lord and mantis uh and gamora 
out of the and Drax really out of the Guardians, and they're they're no longer Guardians of the Galaxy. And Nebula, Nebula, and Drax look like they're just going to make this little society on nowhere, <laughs> which is kind of yeah. fun. Like I, I could watch a Nebula Drax miniseries yes, like a about three them episode. building a society. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's not get too crazy. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I love I love where everyone is. But it looks like they're, they're they're all gone from the Guardians. All the only people that are left in the Guardians from the original crew is it just uh, the Groot and uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Groot and Rocket, I think right? So. Right. Which is exactly what I said a few months ago when we were talking about who would die. I was like, there's no way we're losing Groot or Rocket because they're CGI characters <laughs> that can replace the voice and keep going true. forever. Um, it's true. So, yeah. And then that's exactly what they're doing. They can keep making Guardians of the Galaxy movies as like sort of its own franchise without any of the big names if they needed to. I mean, hopefully they'll keep the voices of those characters, but they could replace Groot and Rocket's voices and maybe not even yeah. notice that bad. Yeah. I mean, they only have to take two or three days to work in a recording booth. I would love to be a voiceover actor for a movie or something. It must be great. Just go in in your jam jams. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think they're leaving Star-Lord on Earth for a reason. It's like, it's a nice end to his story as like the guy who ran away, was has been running in space for all these years. I've been yeah. running since I was a kid. Now he's finally home, but it also leaves him right there at home for when the Earth gets attacked and the, you know, whatever the next big, you know, crossover thing is. And he's just there, you know, he's already yeah. there. Just grab a star his, his grandpa was what? He looked great for whatever age his grandpa was. He's like to be. 90 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. He came back just in time to inherit a house and a car. <laughs> That's harder. <laughs> Getting a house and a car these days is harder than yeah, being a guardian. Yeah, and come back and inherit it. Boom. What did he say at the end? Well, he said something the about whisper. mowing someone's lawn. Yeah, he's like, that man is a live like he lives with his mother. He's a grown man, and he's asking me, another grown man, to mow his lawn. That's embarrassing, and I agree with him. <laughs> yeah, wow. He sure. is also another grown man living with his grandpa. But no matter how short the circumstances are, I'm yeah. still on, on Star Lord's side, though. I was trying. I was trying <laughs> to listen. That yeah, I heard parts of that, but like there was some line I missed, and it was like one of the last lines he says. Um, but then a uh, uh, somebody next to me. Was, there was, you know, he holds up the paper, and I, I meant to mention this on the cast. He holds up the paper. Did you see what the paper said? I can't remember. It said like a uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, Kevin Bacon abducted. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After tells all or something like that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so funny. It's, uh, it's, it's nice. So funny. Nice little reference to the. That's why when people were complaining, like I'm so over these credits. I'm like, oh, you didn't watch, you know that you didn't watch the Christmas special, I guess. W- what do you mean? What was in the Christmas special? I saw people uh, well, about Kevin Bacon being oh. abducted by aliens. So if you didn't watch the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, oh, you didn't right, right. know what that meant. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, somebody in the theater next to me started reading that out loud and like talked over Star-Lord. And I was like, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Are you serious? Yeah. I would have put my hand over their, their mouth and then been like, give me some hand sanitizer. He, he was loud. Though. He was oh. a few rows away, but he was fucking loud. Um, not cool not cool not cool um anyway okay so i thought the rest of this was all great um up next we have art heeg says hello friends man walking out of the theater i was filled with so many emotions absolutely love the movie what a great conclusion to a fantastic trilogy 
This is a franchise I remember having zero interest in when it was announced. Flash forward a decade, and here I am at an opening day screening by myself. LOL. Anyways, here's my feedback-related question. Wanted to get Matt's thoughts on the epic hallway fight scene synced up to No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Uh, Ever since the Cap Marvel feedback, anytime I watch an action scene with a good song behind it, I have to make sure it complements the tempo and beats. Haha, I like that. I like that. Yeah, spread that. Spread that word. Mm-hmm. That all all good songs should be synced up properly. <laughs> um, thought they did a good job on this one, especially some of the sounds effects they used to accent those beats. What say you, Matthew? Thanks. Love you all. Art. Take I thought floor. that. I thought it was great. <laughs> That was great. It, it it really. I mean, James Gunn always does a good job of syncing up the music, and partially because literally the music is real in the world. It's all diegetic, like it's all on the headphones or coming through the speakers. So the people in the world are moving to the music, and it just it makes it that much more uh, interesting. And in that scene, it was freaking awesome. Like the camera movements are moving to the music. The every hit is just like splat. Um, again, I need to see it again. I've only seen this once, but like. That is definitely something I'll pay closer attention to on his next watching. James Gunn's the best with it. Tarantino is one of like there's very there's a few directors who really yeah. pride themselves on their music in the movies. And Edgar James Wright. Gunn is one of them. Edgar Wright. It's yeah. yeah, it's a lot of them. Not a lot of them. It's a select few who do it very well. I take it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Um and, and it's always like a thing. I I think about it a lot. Like cutting a movie to a beat is such a powerful thing. It just can give it such a visceral sense of like, like it's supposed to feel, feel this way. The whole movie is supposed to feel this way. Like when, and, and James Gunn, these movies are all almost like music videos. Every, every scene where a song is on is like a music video and it's, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I can't wait to see it again. I got to go see it again this week before we talk <laughs> about it again. Cause I feel like a lot of these things, I, I'm glad you guys are giving me things to things to watch for because like, uh, I'm remembering how good it was, but I'm. It's like, it, yeah, it, it it all felt, it all feels like a blur a little bit. Do you know what made me feel old and sad at the same time? What's that? Someone commented on the Facebook page. They were like, "When I heard the No Sleep Till Brooklyn song, all I could think about was No Sleep Until Boston from Spider Man, uh, No Way Home." <laughs> I was like, I hope. In my little heart of hearts, that you're not telling me that when you hear Beastie Boys, the f- only thing you think of is Spider Man. Yep. Oh, good. I'm so old. I'm an old hag. That's how it happens. Man. And I'm, I, was, I'm where I see stuff like that, and that's me being like, "You kids, get off my lawn." <laughs> I was talking to my bandmate this weekend about how much, how excited I was that Creep was in this movie because that's going to give Creep ten more years of life. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really happens that way. Uh, I always joke because like a lot of the songs that were my era that came out when I was like younger, but kids today still listen to, mm-hmm. or like, especially people that are like in their tw- late twenties, early thirties, listen to now t- people 10 years younger than me. It's because those songs were in guitar hero, like a ton oh, of those songs. Wow. It's like, that's why they know them. It's they put all what they, what was like the, the rock songs of that era 
and they were all young, too really too young to be into them, mm-hmm. but they all got into they all listened to them because they're on Guitar Hero. So now you can play all the all, any song from Guitar Hero. You can play at a at a bar with twenty somethings in it, and they flip out. They love they it because they were all they were all 15, 12 or thirteen. Play pushing they're buttons. Like, in I know Reptilia. Exactly, exactly. And and when they're in movies, though, it's the same thing. It's like movies revitalize. And so Rocket listened to Creep. I immediately went like, "All right, I got ten more years to play that in bars where it'll be good." Like people still respond to it. Kate Bush song from Stranger Things, running up that hill. She was like, thirty years later, I just made forty million (laughs) dollars off that song that made me one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in nineteen eighty seven. It's crazy, man. Yeah, crazy. The the way um. I have I could talk about that for a long time, and I will I will I will uh, give you all mercy and not talk about it too much. But the way that money monetization of music has shifted in this way that I actually think is very unhealthy for current creativity, uh, but like it is so interesting in cases like that, like Kate Bush, where she never made that much money off the song, and suddenly it's a huge hit. But the other the other problem with that is it's like. Money that is, okay, I guess I'm doing the whole rant. Money that is filtering into music used to go to artists that are making music currently. Mm-hmm. Like, that's who used to make money. But now, it's music that's most played. So, like, yeah. you used to have a record or a CD in your house Sell it. that you bought 20 years ago, and you still have it. But now, when you stream it, that's going to... It's like literally like going to Aerosmith for a song they wrote 40 years ago or whatever. And so like the money people are spending on music is being mostly distributed to artists that made the music a long time ago. So it's not funding new creativity. And I like it's kind of weird, but like there are weird other weird edge cases like Kate Bush where it's like I feel nothing but great for her but these people that already made a ton of money in the 80s and now they're making more money than ever on music they made in the 80s like master of puppets when being used in stranger things again everyone was like if you are liking master of puppets because you saw stranger things you suck and then what's his face was like no everybody's welcome yeah i'm sure he's done everybody come and give me your money yeah, my niece, uh, my niece put Master of Puppets on, uh, on her. I know you guys have heard me talk about it in the ads, the KiwiCo ads for her kinetic speaker. You know, last night we were sitting there. I, I don't know if you've heard the ads that have been running on the show, but like, uh, where we're doing ads for these KiwiCo boxes, where yeah. she built her own radio. Cool. And uh, but the KiwiCo box, it's like a Bluetooth radio. And it has like lights that, and she had to build it and wire it up herself. It's actually really cool. I was cool. like, I was very impressed. But in all of that, she, the first thing she put on was Master of Puppets to make the little. Uh, so she has little bouncing balls that bounce on the speakers, and then like oh, cool. light, light up lights. She she loves it, but like she put on Master of Puppets, and I was like, "Yep, okay, good girl." Good You're tw- girl. But only because of Stranger Things, you know, she's twelve. That's okay. Only experience she's had with it. Okay, I can't remember the lead singer's name. I just keep thinking Eddie Hetfield. Munster, and that's not right. <laughs> no, James James Hetfield. James Hetfield. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Up next, we have Super Kodu 93 says, hello, stranded pandas, or in my case, stranded raccoons. Hmm. I'm uh, a trash panda. I'm a trashly, can- a trashly yeah. panda. Stranded. <laughs> stra- we, re- we definitely need a stranded trash panda, like, subset. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Ashley's the head of the stranded trash I, I, so, I was like, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to crown myself queen of the trash pandas, but <laughs> if the crown fits, wear it. <laughs> I like it. Um, uh, just saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 over the weekend, and I absolutely loved it. I thought that it did a great job carrying the humor and heart from the first two movies while still delivering some of the darkest and arguably most visceral scenes in any MCU movie. Mm -hmm. When we got to the scene where the High Evolutionary killed Lila, Teefs, and Floors, Uh. and Rocket started crying, that part got me. Bradley Cooper doesn't get any kind of reward or recognition for his voice acting. Uh, If Bradley Cooper doesn't get any kind of reward or recognition for his voice acting, I'll be shocked. Also, is it fair to say that the High Evolutionary was way more menacing and threatening than Kang in Ant-Man 3? I thought he was. And the hallway scene with all of them fighting at the same time might be one of my favorite action scenes in the MCU. Also, want to say how much I loved how Nebula is portrayed in this movie. And seeing a little bit of that role reversal between her and Gamora, where Nebula is one, the one who is softened up while Gamora hasn't. Next to Yondu and Mantis, Nebula might be my favorite guardian. Sorry for the long email. Just wanted to say how much I love this movie. I'm sad that the Guardian's journey is over, but I'm grateful it happened. Love listening to you guys. Keep on staying awesome and stay marvelous. Hashtag Laters Gators. Hashtag We Are Groot. Hashtag Get Over the Zarg Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, <sighs> I hate to admit that the High Evolutionary was more menacing. It, I don't know if more he menacing... He was. Not more menacing than Loki Kang, but more menacing than Ant-Man Kang. I, I think that's true. Yes. But it's not because of the acting, and it's not because of the... Like, it's it's just that he didn't have nearly as much to do in Ant-Man. Like, he just feels like a mm-hmm. very regular old villain in Ant-Man, which is a, it's a real bummer. Yeah. It's like whoever made that last uh, episode of Loki, whoever the showrunner for was for Loki, needs to like be brought in on these conversations. You know what I mean? Like to <laughs> on who Kang should be because that that version of Kang is so good. Well, I I don't know. That's the one who they killed off though. So they always well sure the likable ones always got to go first. It sucks. <laughs> but you can't keep a likable one around. No, you know, gotta. Do do some things with him. Um, yeah, I'm just curious what else that guy has done. Um, the guy who wrote and show ran for Loki. Uh, Rick and Morty and Multiverse of Madness. Oh, and a some, show called uh, Heels. Top tier quality films. If in case you didn't know, Matt, Multiverse of Madness is my favorite. Is uh, it? Of the is newest, it, newer MCU movies. I did I, not know that. Did we talk about that? Oh, okay. No, I next don't think episode. so. We'll yeah, deep we'll, dive. We'll, we'll save it. We'll save it to talk about it next time. Cool. Uh, Not enough got, time today. We're, we're going to hit this last. We're going to hit this last feedback. So calm down, Ashley. <laughs> I will multiverse my madness right now and bring it down <laughs> from a 10 to a 2. <laughs> All right. Last one. Elliot Perdom says, hey there. I haven't written in in a while, but couldn't resist. Wow. 
This is the movie I have been waiting for. This was a proper Marvel movie outside of Black Panther. I have found the newer movies only okay. Don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed them all because, well, Marvel. But wow, this was awesome and so dark in the best way. Elliot, write in and let me know if you're from England or the UK. Because he said this was a proper Marvel movie, just like Todd did. And I feel oh, like funny. Picking up on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know. Little, little moments there. <laughs> like, is the High Evolutionary the best Marvel villain we've had? We've had pure evil, no let up, and was truly menacing. He was fantastic as a genuine villain. The stakes felt very high, and I was waiting for one of our beloved characters to get killed off. Shocked they didn't. It's such a James Gunn thing to do. I should have known better. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Joss Whedon kills people, not James Gunn. <laughs> I mean, James Gunn kills people, right? But what it means, like, if you do it all the time, it doesn't mean anything. Sure. And, he, and I, I do think he so likes like to the Yondu, it, it, like, I'm Groot, trying to think. Groot in the first one, Yondu in the second one. Like, he's had major deaths in both. He came back. It was still the same Groot, though. That It, no, it would have hit me Groot. harder if it wasn't, like, you knew who Rocket and them were, right? No? No. Uh, yeah, we've talked about it before, but yeah, James Gunn confirmed it's a that the new Groot is a son of Groot or a daughter okay. of Groot or whatever. So, You're so the still new... getting him back in some capacity. It's like people Absolutely. clone their Pomskis. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it's like a, it's like a child of Groot instead of right. a, 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 a the same Groot. So he doesn't have the memories. So that Groot did die in the first Guardians. Yeah. Um, and the, and this Groot is like a Groot that grew up as with Rocket and as a father. Gamora died, and it's almost kind of like the same thing. Now we have a different Gamora without the storyline. But like when you lose, like I guess Yondu. Who did we lose? Anyone else? Really? Um, no, meaning? not that I'm, not that I'm, not that's popping in mind right now. At least not like one of the good Which guys. Which is why that Matt, like when that happens in that movie, now that the trilogy's over, it's going to mean so much more because you always think that someone's going to go. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 I yeah, do. Yeah. It's 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 a great it's a great uh, subversion of expectations for sure. Okay. Comedy landed really well, and the soundtrack, which we all know James Gunn is great at, was fantastic. I love how music has been completely incorporated into the society of nowhere. Oh, me too. That's a really good point. Uh, not sure where to begin with Rocket, but I wanted to ask, can you adopt a raccoon? Yes. <laughs> I think I need one now. Uh, when he said, it hurts, uh, my wife and I lost it. Oh, that, yeah. I don't see, like, I didn't bring that up because that is where I started really crying. And that yeah. was very early on. Oh, I don't want to, yeah. yeah was, I'm not going to talk about it. It's pretty terrible. Uh, it's really hard. To, uh, the The version of Rocket that we see just, just post the surgery with his brain cut open is terrifying and awful. And I just, I just feel so uh, sad for that little raccoon. Um. Continuing, uh, I could probably keep going for an hour, but I won't. But <laughs> if I can't adopt a real raccoon, as it might claw my eyes out. <laughs> Only if you're uh, mean like, to it. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think raccoons have that same sort of thing. Oh, no. Monkey, oh, he's talking about. I know what he's talking about. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, like the monkey did to the lady when it was being rescued. I'm going to interject. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. there is a very big difference from a raccoon and 
getting a gorilla, or not a gorilla, what was that? A chimpanzee who can, who has, okay, raccoons have hands too and thumbs. Shit. Yeah, they do. But a little I, I do, stronger. I do think they're, <laughs> they're, 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 strong, they're much stronger. And I think, I don't think there's any way, and I, I, people I'm sure will write in or whatever, but I've heard a lot of stories about like primates aren't really to keep as pets. Like they will, like, even if you've had, there's, there are all these crazy stories of primates where like, even you've had it, you've had a monkey its entire life. And then one day it will just, just something happens and it's like, and it's like hormones or something. And it will just like rip your face off. These animals or, don't belong in your house. A raccoon men, on the other way. For men, they tend to go straight for your genitals. Like that's what they do. Yeah, that's like that's like a thing they do, and it's a thing they do in the wild with to to disrupt the competition sexually. Yeah, uh, but so they're like programmed to do <laughs> that. Yeah, to end the, <laughs> to end the competition. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> National Sorry. Geographic's was, Matthew was, and Ashley. <laughs> I was working at a startup this morning. Uh, doing some extra stuff for some extra cash because I'm trying to buy this freaking house. Um, He's like, and, eh. they're, and they're just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to explain the emotion you just did <laughs> to say what I was doing for money this morning. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I think those of you with it wasn't the, one; this, it was two. <laughs> <laughs> those of you with similar minds, to Ashley, will know what she was doing. Um, but anyway, they're, they're disruptors, and so that was in my head when I said disrupting. They're, uh, mm. <laughs> they're like trying to disrupt a certain space or whatever because they're a startup. <laughs> disrupt your face off your face. <laughs> yeah, disrupt your face. I, don't, your I face. do not mess around with, with monkeys, chimps, gorillas, anything. Mm. I just, yeah. Mm, I want me. to. I want to be a friend with a monkey so bad. Mm. Like when I see them in movies and they are friendly and like they do things, you know, that whatever, it seems so cool. And it does seem like it's great for a while, but at some point there's like a, <laughs> you just don't know. No. It's like this weird behavioral thing where you hear these stories where like this monkey was so great for all its life. And then it did a crazy yeah. thing and just killed someone. <laughs> Just go watch Nope. I was like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Watch Nope. That's a movie has a major plot point. Or don't it. if you have, you know, problems with animals and stuff. I just yeah, throwing in sure. a warning out for the uh, yeah, people. For sure. That lady who okay. was like, you said to go watch I, Tanya, and a bunny died within the first two seconds. And how dare you not tell me? I was like, I didn't remember until you just told me, lady. Yeah. You reminded me. In our iTunes You're review. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up next or uh, continuing this it says i could probably keep going for an hour but i won't but if i can't adopt a real raccoon as i might claw my eyes out like the monkey did to the lady when it was being rescued it was very funny uh is, is it acceptable for a grown man with kids to buy stuffed toy raccoon 100% for himself yeah take the kids <laughs> into the store to buy them so yeah. you can just point at them and then point at the stuffed raccoons and be like, this is for them. <laughs> it might be a weird core memory for the kids when they go home and it's not for them. Oh, no. You go up to the counter. You have your phone not calling anybody. And you're like, yeah, honey. Yeah, I just. No, I got the raccoons for the party. Yeah, they're going to love it. Uh, they're going to love there it. You no, go. I, I, I got to go. I'm at the counter. There you go. Problem solved. Uh, Ashley has too many strategies for this sort of thing. It feels like. Or you could just does. not give a shit. <laughs> yeah that's the other thing um <laughs> continuing he, he says here also i really need 
a James Gunn Thor movie. Mm. Ooh. How good would those have been with him at the helm? Thanks, guys, for all you do. Cheers. I Thank you, Elliot. I love the difference between Taika and James Gunn, because there is a difference, and I will say oh, I prefer... Difference. I prefer the Guardians movies, the James Gunn's movies, to probably all the Thors. And I love Thor Ragnarok, but I I don't know. It's hard because that one was just so good. And Tiger's only done two, and they've been very, you know, they've been pretty different. But I don't like to put um, directors up against each other like that who are so creatively, artistically different when they do their art because yeah. I think we're getting amazing things from both of them. I think so, too. Um, I yeah, I don't know what the answer is there, and I do. I really like Taika's movies, like so. I I don't think I have a strong desire for them to change greatly. Like I don't. I don't want to like not comparing them, but just in an alternate universe or like when Taika's done, I would not mind seeing a James Gunn helmed Thor movie. Right. You know, like when Taika's done with it, like if he wanted to take one in his hands and do it, that would be amazing. Yeah. It would be weird because they might also be too similar. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Because Tyka's, they do have a lot of similarities and differences. I, I, it would be interesting. I think that's why Tyka was able to direct the Guardians so easily in um, Thor Love and Thunder. Like They felt like the Guardians when they were with him. They do. They do. And I, I think there's just something to, they, they have a similar sense of humor a little bit. But not exactly. It's like a little bit twisted. J- James Gunn's is right. a little more twisted. <laughs> uh, well, guys, uh, that's all the feedback we have for Guardians right now. I don't. I don't know. We didn't. We didn't get nearly as much as we uh, often do uh, for for the movies. So feel free, write in if you got anything to say about this movie. Probably do a couple more uh, weeks where we do some Guardians feedback and talk about it. Um, and I know we're we're planning to try to do a guardians like what you might know from the comics episode with a crossover from the source pages guys at some point lots of stuff coming here in the feed stick around and please if you like this show if you're a fan of the show if we provide you some entertainment go become a patron at patreon.com slash mcucast we've got some a bunch of uh, bonus episodes up now uh, hours and hours of extra content now so check it out um, we're going to keep those coming every every month trying to get at least one uh, bonus episode out. Um, so yeah, uh, check those out. But also, just if you like the show, consider if you do a five dollar patronage, it's like tipping us like fifty cent an episode. You know what I mean? It's like you like the show, throw us a little, throw us a little tip. We really appreciate it. It's like we're trying, we're trying to grow the show, and it's a, uh, you know, all the other sources of income the show has, ads and such, are very, very inconsistent and and very wildly from month to month. So. The support we get from the patrons is really the only thing we can count on. So we appreciate you guys for doing it. And uh, we'll be back soon. Peace. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And a special thanks to all of our subscribers at patreon.com slash mcucast. You make this show possible. And a huge shout out to both. That's right. There's two of them now. Illuminati tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III and Lieutenant Bongo. Thank you, guys. If you want to find all of our fine Stranded Panda podcasts, go to strandedpanda.com. And for a video version, check out youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you want to take part in our live streams, go to twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv. 